And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, it's been too long. It's been like two weeks. I know, it's been crazy. Uh, again, for people who don't know why there was no show last week, why it was all postponed, uh, Matt got food poisoning and I got a second degree scold on my leg. I know I was calling it a burn everywhere else, but in reality it was closer to a scold. I burnt myself with hot water and I've been recovering from that. Yeah, you say hot water, but there was that story that came out about some kid who burnt his leg with like KFC gravy. <laughs> And oh, that that was right. you, wasn't it? <laughs> that story did come out, and Matt, just again, Matt, the freaking joke ninja man, the joke <laughs> quick drawer, doesn't matter what it is, he'll find it. I wish, I wish that I burnt myself with piping hot gravy. That would be a much better story <laughs> than I did. And that is, I burnt myself on my boiling hot cup of morning <laughs> tea because the friggin' handle broke. Because my love for hot tea is only rivaled by my love of cheap mugs. So it was just break. Ah, <laughs> top three worst pains I've ever had. Had to go to the hospital for it. Had to get, you know, painkillers, the whole deal. It was basically the entirety of my thigh. And if you've ever seen my thigh, they are large, thunderous, some might say, chung-ish, <laughs> some might call them. So that's a lot of real estate to burn. And the most embarrassing part about going to the doctor with a burn like that is like, okay, did you burn your genitals? No, no, I didn't burn my genitals. Are you sure you did? Cause you're going to tell me if you're burning your genitals. <laughs> I want to look no. at your dick. <laughs> yeah. Basically I'm like, did, did, do you want to see my dick? It sounds like you do. <laughs> was really, was really, really. And that was the second doctor I saw the first one who was like this really nice, uh, Indian nurse, uh, guy came in there, and he's like, all right, show it to me, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a bird, and I'm like, you're a medical professional, and you're giving me a, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're fucked, son. <laughs> went through went through all the levels of that from burning, burning pain, to, oh, great, now I've got all these horrible, leaky blisters, to, okay, today I'm human jerky, because the skin is peeling off that's all dead now. <laughs> So that was fun. How was having food poisoning, Matt? It was terrible. I, I, I got it for like, it was only like a 24 hour sort of thing. So I got lucky. Uh, but yeah, sleepless nights with, you know, mm. vomiting and other things. And yeah. because of it, because of it as well, I couldn't properly talk. So oh, like, so like my, my reviews that you can hear from last week, my voice is quite, quite raspy from it. Uh, and only at the end of last week and over the weekend has my voice come back. Yeah. we. But people will never know the work we put in for them to give them this YouTube entertainment. And this is like the first and maybe only time both Matt and I couldn't make a show. We've always tried to like either have a commentary or have a backup something. This was the first week in over 100 episodes where Matt and I are just like, no, we can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very... Um unfortunate but yeah we're we're back now and hopefully yeah. no more food poisoning or gravy burns yeah our gravy burns the fact that it happened to both of us in the same week <laughs> yeah where it's like if, if it happened to one of us that's terrible both is a little weird that makes me think like hey is tom king working his cia <laughs> magic to try and get back to us like oh, i'll tamper his teacup and then i'll tamper yes. matt's food someone put the goddamn plutonium in my tea it was trying to kill yeah. me <laughs> yeah yeah, that's what it is. We got like that Russian anthrax or yeah. whatever it is that's going around. He got it from his CIA buddies. That'll show them for saying that my Batman work is pretentious. That'll show them. That'll show them all. 
Uh, but hey, speaking of Batman, Matt, that actually leads us to our first story. It does. We have a fair amount of news to catch up on in the week we've been gone. And starting things off, we have uh, Batwoman. We all knew that she was going to be uh, part of the next big upcoming uh, CW superhero crossover. She was going to be the focal point, and they were hoping to spin her off into her own show. Well, she got cast with an actress. It's going to be Ruby Rose, everyone, an actress who I feel a lot of people don't know, but they should know because she has been in a bunch of stuff. She has been in a bunch of stuff. I'm not too big a fan of hers mainly because she's not a very good actor uh, ah, she's she's typecast she's typecast as this woman who's kind of a badass in every single role she's she's ever been in 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 movies yeah she's in the meg she was like the heavy in john wick too i feel not enough people saw her as the villain in uh, orange is the new black season three she was like an arc long villain in that and she was quite solid she had a real intensity to her that i hope she'll bring to this maybe she just maybe she's just better on tv maybe yeah maybe it also seems like a weird career trajectory for her where it's like but but you were in movies and now you're going to tv i guess maybe because you are better on tv i get yeah i guess so i guess you gotta get get your parts where they where they lie basically and i guess she wanted to play batwoman so and it was on tv so yeah and i mean who doesn't want to be a superhero in this day and age where it's like yeah i'm a heavy in a movie i get no lines but here i get to lead and i get to be part of a universe and i can have crossovers and cameos and everything if i was an actor it would seem like a smart thing to do yeah definitely and it's also the kind of like job security because she can now appear Mm -hmm. in all these different shows over however many seasons yeah, and say it doesn't work, you can just ride the con circuit for the rest of your life. <laughs> you only need one. <laughs> then you can make up to five grand doing photo ops and autographs. Of course, the other big important thing about this is that, you know, Batwoman is one of the most prominent lesbian characters in comic books, if not in all of DC Comics especially, and they actually cast a real deal lesbian actress to play her. Which is pretty huge because the CW, despite everything they try and do to be inclusive and try and be, you know, pro-LGBT and everything, boy, do they fuck up writing gay characters a lot of the time. See, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm glad they actually did that. But at the same time, I'm kind of worried because of how they've bungled those other characters. Yeah. And now you have a character who's, who is that. And yeah, yeah we've seen how they handle, uh, like, Black Canary, White Canary, mm. or whoever else they decide was going to be, you know, gay or straight that week, because it seems to change yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> it, it does, yeah. White Canarius. Actually, they're like, yeah, she's bi. Nah, she's gay. She's, she's whatever the script needs her to be, and the actress is straight. The hope is is that, you know, because Ruby uh, Rose is actually gay, maybe she'll put her foot down on some of this writing and be like, hey, how about you write me like a human being and not a weird alien, please? <laughs> write me like a noble person. <laughs> Yeah, write me like a normal person who just happens to like other women. Is is that so hard? I, I don't know why these big high-paid CW writers can't get that. No. Now, a sad little amendum that came out about this story is that apparently uh, the internet hate machine, as it so often is, was so incensed at the idea of a gay Batwoman that apparently Ruby Rose had to leave Twitter. And that's so dumb, because it's like, she's freaking gay in the comics. That, what do you want? I saw that, and I'm like, why are people getting mad? They, they cussed a gay actress to play a gay character from a comic book what yeah like what i don't understand 
You know what it is? It's them fake nerd boys is what that is. It's people who don't actually know comics and don't know geek shit, but see it as like a battleground for their culture war they want to rage. Yeah. So they were just quick to jump onto that. That's a shame. I hope the show is good. I hope the crossover is good, especially because the last CW crossover was so good. So they're actually going to have a lot to live up to. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very intrigued. And have they have they announced like which show she's going to appear in, or like 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 what universe she's from? Uh, from... No, I don't think they have. They just say she's going to be part of the crossover. Okay, so maybe another universe, maybe. Right, because in the Arrow Flash one, they have definitely stated that Gotham exists and that it's real. And assumedly, if there's a Batwoman show, that's where it's going to take place. Yeah, it was the same with uh, Supergirl. They've referenced Gotham. I think they've referenced Batman a couple of times as well. Mm. I mean, maybe they should fill up the Supergirl universe just so she can have more people that can cross over with her without having yeah. to take, like, a dimensional doorway. Yeah, I think they really need to do that for her. Plus, I mean, shit, if Superman already exists in your universe, then, yeah, have a Batwoman and then maybe, like, season two say, yeah, Batman's there, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't think people are going to be, like, clamoring to be like, oh, this confuses me with the movies and everything. The movies are going in their own weird extra direction now. Don't don't hamstring and don't hamper the much more, in my mind, successful and cohesive television universe, please. Yeah. Plus, hell, I think it would be cool to have, like, a world's finest team-up between Supergirl and Batwoman. I think that would be pretty great. That'd be pretty cool. That would be really fun. Also, too, hey, another thing I wonder if they will honor in the Batwoman show. Obviously, we mentioned she's gay and everything. She's also Jewish. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. That would be maybe. a fun thing because we don't really see a lot of prominent Jewish superheroes. I mean, there's plenty in the comics. We just don't see them that often. I would like to see that because then that's going to make people question a very interesting thing about Batman. And that is, wait a minute, if the Kane family is Jewish... And uh, Kate Kane is Jewish. That means that Martha, Batman's mom, is Jewish. And in Hebrew law, if you are born to a Jewish woman, that makes you Jewish. So is Batman technically Jewish? <laughs> the answer is yes. And in fact, Bob Kane and Bill Finger toyed around with the idea of making Bruce Wayne Jewish originally when they were creating him. So there's a, there's a fun bit of comic lore for you. <laughs> Uh, I I'd like it, but then at the same time, it, it goes with like the um the whole uh, lesbian gay sort of thing. Don't overdo it. Just state yeah, like, yeah, hey, I'm Jewish. Don't you don't have to keep keep saying it. Reminding it, yeah. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they got the gay stuff perfect, but they really overdid <laughs> the Jewishness of her character? Hey, my super friends, the fish. Ah, nah, it's the Sabbath. No, I I can't fight crime on the Sabbath. I'm sorry. I just I just can't do it. God damn it, CW. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she just becomes Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hey, Renee, what are you doing? Yell up in my ass about this. I don't, he's, he's my dentist. Why should I have to get a gift for my dentist? This is going to start a gift cold war. I just don't want to get in. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. I would, I would really yeah. like that. Also, you got to wonder, too, what kind of villains is Batwoman going to work with? Because most of the D-list Batman foes have already been used by Arrow. Just bring in the colony. The colony, there's a great one. Yeah, oh yeah, because you got to use her dad, and you got to build up to something like that. That that season finale material right there. There's obviously her sister Alice, where if you tell her origin good, you could have you know Wonderland's Alice. That would be a fun one. Uh, 
really the rest of her villains are all kind of like paranormal yeah they're all like magic or like ghost sort of like scary stuff so that'd be very interesting as well to have in in the arrow universe because we got the flash which is like superhero sort of stuff arrow which is all the gritty realism stuff legends which is legends and it's kind of everything it's going to be magic this season so why not exactly maybe that's why they're bringing her in yeah, possibly. I, I think uh, I have high hopes for the Batwoman show. I hope this one. I hope this one does it because you know the, I would say none of the CW shows have really been dud so far. Like, okay, Le- Legends was a dud, but it got better, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to believe. Black Lightning, I never finished, but I really enjoyed what I saw. Of Black Lightning, so yeah, good. Uh, good on them. Yeah. Now, uh, the next story we have here, Matt, you know, I, I hate it when we got to talk about serious shit on this show. If I had my way, it would just be dick jokes and hot chocolate and everything <laughs> else forever. But no, we need to actually talk about a serious topic because it pertains to what we do. Uh, in our last show, we talked about the ongoing James Gunn Disney firing controversy as that was, and I think you and I were both very firmly on, yeah, what happened to Gunn was bullshit, yeah, what he said was dumb, but still, they shouldn't have done him dirty like that, mm-hmm. especially considering the people who were causing this crusade in the first place were a million times worse yeah. than anything he had actually done. But uh, there was a ton of updates in the two weeks that we were gone. Uh, first and foremost, the entire Guardians cast, uh, all the main actors basically penned a big giant letter of support to James Gunn, which is pretty massive to actually see them all come out and put themselves on the line like that to defend him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was really great of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and again, it's as well, that's, that's like putting, yeah, as you said, like their sort of careers on the line a little bit. For, mm-hmm, which that. I think, which I think speaks volumes about how they view James Gunn and that he is a good guy in their eyes and not deserving of what happened. Because here's the thing, like, when all those other people got taken down for saying racist, stupid shit online, no one came to their defense because they were shitty in real life and shitty all along. Uh, Then, uh, what is it, then Dave Bautista had an interesting little Twitter exchange where they said, well, hey, man, you seem to be madder than anybody about this, you know, what are what are you going to do if Disney makes you coming into a third one without James attached, to which Dave Batista basically said, I'll do it. I'll do what I'm contractually obligated to. I won't like it. And if it becomes too much of a problem, I will buy myself out of my contract and I will leave, which was massive to think like, yeah, I'm going to walk away from this money. I'm going to walk away from this. And it's like, shit, if he walked away, considering how clearly tight-knit all these actors were, would Pratt and Zeldana and the rest of them walk out? And if so, could you imagine for the third one they had to recast everybody? That's the thing, yeah. It 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 it's just it's on him. Like if he walks, like he could be like the one that like like causes like just like the dominoes mm. to fall and this movie to fall apart and yeah, kind of the universe because they have to like recast the the whole entire Guardians. I don't know if they'll recast. I think they'll probably go, oh, this is a new iteration of the Guardians and like yeah, yeah. like 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 Sylvester Stallone's Guardians. Right. I could see that as being a way around it if they wanted to go that way. God God, I hope they don't, but this is Disney we're dealing with and as this story has shown, they are stubborn. They will not fall on a sword. You fall on the sword. 
Yeah, yeah, they 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 can be very very stubborn. I I don't get yep. it because the guys like made them like like billions of dollars, millions of it's, dollars. It, it's because it would admit that they were wrong, yeah, and moreover yeah. than admitting that they were wrong, it would have to admit that they got played, and not just played, but played by some of the worst people around, and yeah. that looks bad on their image. And I think ultimately that's the big push and pull here. They will hire James Gunn the second it looks worse on them for not rehiring him. And we're kind of getting there. It's kind of going up and down. And again, because this story continues to evolve, the next bit after that was, will they throw out James Gunn's script that he's already been working on? Yeah, that he's completed. That he has completed. At first they said yes. Then they said no. So (laughs) in just a couple hours, those reports changed from yes, we're throwing it away to no, we're not. And they were like, well, then there's hope then if they're not throwing away his script. Then the story evolved yet again to the idea being from, you know, industry scuttlebutt and, you know, rumors and campfire tales is that Marvel Studios really wants James or, uh, yeah, really wants Gunn back and that they're really fighting for him. But Disney is the one refusing to budge. They're the ones who need to be placated. They need to reach some sort of compromise. Maybe that means bringing him down late, uh, bringing him back in later down the line. Maybe that means uh, having him work on other projects. But again, not admitting that they're wrong. Yeah, I I I, I did see that like like Marvel shoes and uh, Kevin Feige have obviously come to bat for him. And why shouldn't they? You know, uh, he, he's done done a fantastic job for them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it it's just so strange that. Like, like I, I understand like they that Disney are like too proud to admit that they were wrong yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. I, I did see someone say that like he could come back, but what they could do is like they could have him sort of have someone that directs the film, but he be sort of like a co-director or something like right, someone who's sort of like there, yeah, like a like a consultant or something, right. You know, my pitch would be get his brother Krennic there, get Sean Gunn to direct it. <laughs> so literally, whenever he has a problem, he'll just call his brother and be like, "Hey, James, what do I do here?" <laughs> but yeah, but th- this—that's th- the part I find the most fascinating—the push and the pull between Marvel Studios as its own entity and Disney. Because very often, do we think of them as one entity, but they're not. No, no. There's a lot of moving pieces between them. And one of their greatest successes is that they are a well-oiled machine working together and working in one solid direction. This is a hell of a hiccup for them. And to actually see them kind of get into a dick measuring contest here, it really makes you wonder, well, oh, fuck, who's who's going to win this? By the end of this, we're going to see who the hell has more pull here. Now, yeah, and the thing is as well, and I actually just thought about this, is... um if that ends up coming like if that ends up they like try and like see who has the biggest dick and everything in this in this fight disney all they have to do is like well we're buying fox and we know you want the x-men and the fantastic four but we're not going to give them to you we're going to sell them off until you drop this like i could see disney being that petty man to be a fly on the wall in those meetings and in those phone calls, because I'm sure the things that are being said would just blow our freaking minds oh, and yeah. white our hair. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so again, this story, ever-evolving, ever-crazy. And again, I didn't even want to talk about this latest development, but I feel I have to or else people in the comments are going to ask me about this. So there was a new thing floating around online today where it's like, oh, picture surface of James Gunn at a secret Hollywood pedophile party. Oh, no, it, <laughs> Okay, two giant things wrong with this. One, it was a To Catch a Predator-themed party from, like, early 2008, which, again... Bad taste, certainly, but it's Hollywood. And the trauma set, bad taste is their bread and butter. Yeah. That's the sort of edgy, try-hard shit they do. Not my scene. I wouldn't go. But still, that's their thing. Uh, which, again, the only reason those pictures surfaced is because Breitbart News has gotten involved in this. Now, Breitbart nice. News, for those of you who don't know, is the go-to number one white power, white nationalist, alt-right pro-president fuck muppet website out there who got this whole ball rolling in the first place because they don't like james gunn because this whole thing was a political smear campaign to begin with i am thankful at least that no self-respecting mainline media outlet picked up on this story but you know so many nerds online who think you know they're the they're el scoopy mayimba there who's like <laughs> oh look what i found Look what I found. Look what I'm posting here. I'm like, guys, that's a Nazi website you're posting that from. You get that, right? You get they're not real news. You get that they're, like, actually evil. Okay. Just just checking on that. So, yeah, that's, that's your James Gunn Disney update there. I strongly feel this will not be the last we hear of this story, Matt. I'm sure we'll be back talking about this soon. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But hey, you know what, from one creator in hot water to another creator in hot water, although arguably this guy actually might have done something wrong, I don't know, that's debatable. But uh, apparently from uh, reports that have leaked out there, Brian Michael Bendis might not be the most popular guy in the DC offices as of late. <laughs> really? I wouldn't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you heard about this, Matt? Have you heard about the trouble that Bendis has found himself in? Vaguely, vaguely. So the story is that it was told to me is that uh, the higher-ups at D.C. right now, whoever that might be because they don't really have a president right now, they have two co-publishers, but apparently they're not really in love with Bendis at the moment because, again, he is currently the most highest-paid man in comics. He is getting paid an absolutely absurd amount that no one can even point fingers at, but it's apparently somewhere in, like, the tens of thousands or something for, like, a single issue. Yeah. And that's pretty fucking massive. Apparently, they're a little upset, A, because of the fan backlash to his Superman stories, and uh, we're going to be talking about that when we talk about what we read this week, but also because he's apparently not moving Tom King numbers, which that blows me away that he's the gold standard now for success at DC, <laughs> moving Tom King Batman numbers. So, you know, see, the thing is, I think they're comparing him to Tom King bat post-Batman issue 50. Whereas Batman issue fifty sold fucking shitloads because of what it promised, and yep. now and now they're like, oh, every writer has to do that, especially the Superman writer. Yeah, I, I haven't crunched those numbers yet, but apparently his last couple Superman books have actually sold below the Jurgens Tomasi stuff. Honestly, it it makes sense to me because <laughs> people who fell in love with the Jurgens and Tomasi stuff did so because they liked what they saw in that book, like Lois getting to do cool shit, and like John, and like these big sprawling stories with Mr. Oz, and it felt important, like you had to read it, and Superman felt so connected. 
here Superman feels so divorced from everything else that's happening in the world. It it, it also doesn't help that you have the people that are just going to hate it because of Bendis and not why because true. of Bendis, just that name. This is true. Uh, undoubtedly true. The man is a bit of a controversy magnet. In fact, you know, we'll be talking more about Bendis and how Marvel is reacting to him when we talk about what we read this week. But uh, yeah, that's that's the scuttlebutt there. Apparently the other reason that Bendis is finding himself not popular, and again, this is all rumor and conjecture. I cannot confirm nor deny any of this, is that the new crop of writers see him very much as a hire from the previous administration at the company because obviously you'll remember jeff john stepped down the head of warner brothers stepped down it was a whole big thing and they were apparently the ones that fostered this deal for bendis to come over they're not in power anymore yeah which makes it sound like no one's holding his leash anymore which sounds like he's just running roughshod everyone again like he did at marvel being like well i'm brian michael bendis and i can do whatever i want yeah and it does kind of come off like that it shows in his work, doesn't and, it? Well, not just that, like like recent tweets, like there. I'll talk about it when we talk about Superman. But there was like a big fuck up in that issue, and yes. like he got on Twitter and was like, "I don't know, Doomsday Clock. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in charge of this. Don't yeah. hate me because of this." I'm and like, again, why always wh- no one telling him to shut up? Again, is this not his problem? Is that not why DC Rebirth was as good as it was? Because there was such tight-ass editorial control. Everything lined up and everything worked. Yeah, yeah. There there was a big plan in place, and now that plan has been, like, fucked. Lost, yeah. And again, too, it's like, hey, man, we can't have you being a prima donna, Bendis. King's already being a prima donna (laughs) and fucking the rules. We can't have two of you at one company. Yeah, it has me wondering, like, how long he'll stay on both the Superman book, or whether like he'll he'll come off one and just stick mm. with like action comics or something, and someone else will come in for Superman or something. That would be very interesting. Again, too, he's he's developing other projects. And apparently, another reason uh, that they might not be happy with him right now: uh, Pearl, his uh, creator-owned series, the only creator-owned series that DC is putting out right now. That was also part of the very sweet deal he signed with DC. Uh, Apparently pre-orders for that were well below what they expected them to be. Yeah, yeah, they they keep advertising it and everything. And that's the thing, like, on top of, like, Action and Superman, he's got, like, that, he's got Scarlet, he's got all these Mm. other books in development through that that thing they cancelled Young Animal for. Yeah, for the amount of money they're giving him... It sounds very much like they're not getting what they paid for. And then you hear other rumors, too, like Hickman was going to go and write for DC. Yeah. But they, but they were already paying Bendis, and they're like, well, fuck, we can't pay for both of them. Sorry, Hickman, I guess you got to go back to Marvel now. God damn Because we can't, we, can't, we can't afford you. God, can you imagine a Hickman, like, Superman or Justice League book? That would have been amazing. Heck, he'd make me read Legion of Superheroes. Now, guys, I got a killer Legion of Superheroes pitch. You're going to love it. <laughs> Which, actually, apparently that was the rumor, too. He he, he only wanted to write books that uh, Jeff Johns had earmarked for himself. <laughs> Where it's like, well, well I want to write Legion. You can't write Legion. I, Jeff Johns, the president, am writing it. Okay, well, I want to write uh, the Shazam family. No, I have that earmarked for me also. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got a Joker story. No, sorry. I've got no. Nope. <laughs> I have all three of them. They're all for me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, uh, hey, speaking of Hickman and Marvel there, that takes us to uh, our next story, too, and that is talking about the X-Men and the big plans Marvel has for them. Of course, the theory Matt and I were running with is that X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, when it comes back, Hickman will be writing, and that's why they're keeping it secret. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the hot rumor. We actually learned a fair amount about X-Men, both through some supposed leaks and also some official news. I guess I'll start with the leaks first. Uh, apparently, the big rumor is is that C.B. Sigluski, or Akira Yoshido, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> he'll, he'll respond to either if you pass him in the hall and go, Akira, he'll be like, yes, yes. I mean, I mean who's that? <laughs> Who? I don't know. Who, Yoshido? Mr. Yoshida. <laughs> oh, man, if I see him at a con, I'm so going to do that. Uh, and then all the newspapers will read Chubby Nerd Punched in the Face by Marvel Publisher <laughs> for being a dick, and he deserved it. But yeah, so uh, apparently he's a massive X-Men fan, and apparently one of his big things when he took power was, we need to fix the X-Men again. And now that they have the rights back, apparently it's full steam ahead on what his plans are. Uh, one of the big plans is that Jordan White, and this part is true, he was the editor on all the Star Wars books that were huge successes for Marvel. He's mm-hmm. going to be the editor for X-Men now. Cool. Cool. I like Jordan White. I follow him on Twitter. I do. He has a, I, I do as well. He has a very nice Twitter page. Uh, the other thing there is apparently there's some changes going to be going on for Psylocke. Apparently, th- this one sounds like a joke where it's like he wants Psylocke to be Asian again. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> But 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 also like realistically too, Skluski has like when he was a writer, he did actually write a lot of X Men, so it's understandable why he might care about that. The other thing there is he said, you know, after extermination and after X Men Black and all this other stuff, he wants not only the X Men to return to their former glory, but he actually wants them to be like centerpieces of the Marvel universe again, like this was nineteen ninety. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, which I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I don't know how you would work that in a post-Avengers world. It seems like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man are the centerpieces now, but all right, that's fine. I mean, there can be more than one centerpiece. (laughs) There can be multiple centerpieces. That's fine. And, you know, hey, it it would even feel nice and fresh and new after so long of the X-Men not mattering and not being in so many stories. Just see them become important again. Yeah, just to see them interact with, like, an Avengers threat or something. Be be, be invited to the fight for once. Yeah, yeah, be invited to the big events for once. That would be nice. Also, too, apparently apparently the next big events are going to be X-Men events. And, in fact, we already got the title of what that's going to be, and this is official. Uh, Uncanny X-Men, when it comes out in November will not be written by the new writer and creative team. Instead, they're going to be taking a page out of the Avenger No Surrender book, and the first ten issues are going to be part of a ten-week ongoing series called uh, X-Men Disassembled. Yes, it sounds a lot of fun. They actually kind of... They kind of get the ball rolling, I think, next week because the st- extermination starts, I think. Yes, it does. It starts this week. And t- today, as this episode goes up. Yeah, and um, I think that sort of leads into this... this um, New initiative, this, yeah. It's the beginning. This 10-week ten- event sort of thing. And I- I'm really cool. No, no Surrender was really good. It was, and we even said X-Men needs a No Surrender to get its shit in order, and that seems to be exactly what they're doing. And if you'll notice... 
by looking at the artwork that they put out for uh, X-Men Disassembled, there are no young time-traveling mutants on that poster. Oh, no. So I think we all know how extermination ends. Yeah, by getting rid of what Bendis did. <laughs> yeah, which that's another thing where it's like, well, God, when are they ever going to get rid of these time-traveling mutants? Oh, the guy whose idea that is, we don't have to placate him anymore. He's batting for another team. Cool, get fucking rid of these characters. There's a lot of that happening in Marvel. They changed... Uh, all the continuity around the symbiotes that he had changed in Guardians, and when we talk about uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man, we'll talk about how they changed him too. There's a lot of moves at Marvel these days that feels all right. Delete everything Ben just did in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they did. I know, you, I know, you like um, I did see that thing with the uh the, the Spider-Man book this week, uh, which I'm oh, sure we'll yeah. talk about later on. But yeah, oh, we will. It, it's going to be interesting to see like how much like gets a raise that he he had a hand in creating in the last like five six seven years even longer than that he created so much it's like guys you can't scrub it all away oh we'll try we'll try oh we're gonna we're gonna try you bet your ass we're gonna try and get rid of as much as we can it's like it's like they went through a nasty breakup and it's like here and take your photos and take this and yes. take that throwing it out under the curb <laughs> Yeah, we're keeping the PlayStation though. That doesn't remind us of you. <laughs> we're, we're 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 keeping Alias and we're keeping this other yeah. stuff. It doesn't remind us. Of you. Also, we're keeping the name Disassembled from Avengers Disassembled. Apparently, we're keeping that. <laughs> yeah, we're changing the Netflix passwords and. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cold. Change the Netflix password. Oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, how am I supposed to watch Parts Unknown? <laughs> Well, well, get get a TV subscription like a schlub? Forget about it. <laughs> but yeah, so hey, lots of big stuff coming for the X-Men, which all, all, all this communicates to me is, God damn, i got to start reading these again now, don't I? Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm just reading X-Men Red, and I seem to be following along pretty well with what's going That's on. That's good. I'm reading Astonishing. Astonishing continues to be really fun and funny because it's all the underdog mutants. Awesome. Yeah, it, it very much reminds me of Secret Six, actually, where it's like, it's funny, and it's supposed to be funny, and they're schlubby mutants who have seen better days, and they want to try and do better, and I think that's a nice little allegory for all of X-Men right now. <laughs> but yeah, from the Merry Mutants to the Man of Steel, uh, apparently there's going to be no Man of Steel, too. Apparently Cavill had to come out and say that, saying, stop wishing for it, it's not happening. Oh, we, d we already knew it wasn't going to happen. No, really? Man of Steel was ultimately a failure, and the Justice League that it built up to was ultimately a failure, to the point now that they're not even trying to do shared continuity anymore, to the point where they're just like, do whatever you want. If Aquaman's successful, it can be canon. If Shazam's successful, we're going to redo it's, Wonder Woman. We don't know. It's honestly impressive how much like Zack Snyder fucked this universe up so much. Talk about another breakup. Throw out everything Snyder did. It's absolutely impressive that he managed it's, to take these heroes who, in anyone else's hand, would have been billion-dollar franchises. Oh, yeah. And just fucked them up. I, I guess the new president of Warner Brothers is actually living what he said. And we made fun of him, but it actually does seem like he's keeping his word, where it's like, hmm, maybe we should concentrate on making good movies first. <laughs> then build a universe around it. It's a radical thought, I know. Completely opposite from what we've been doing, but I think I think there's something here that wasn't there before. 
Yeah, it's funny. They're like canceling that, but then they announced like a Supergirl film, and like yes. so much of Supergirl's like uh, origin Lord. coming to Earth and everything and lore is based around having a Superman already there. Well, maybe maybe that's how they do it. Maybe this is their way to backdoor a new Superman into existence, where they're like, "Hey, that Supergirl show's doing really popular, right? Yeah, and they really like the Super Guy on that show too. Hey, maybe we should give them a Supergirl movie and then backdoor a Superman if he's popular enough, he can get a movie." <laughs> Which again sounds so backass word, but I love the idea that Man of Steel crashed and burned so hard and poisoned the well. They're like, "Well, maybe give the girl version a shot." <laughs> But again, too, as as interested as I am in the idea of a Supergirl movie, I think it falls into the same problem of the Flash movie, and that is, you guys know there's been like three to four seasons of <laughs> yeah, TV. Of good TV, like, build of, on that. Yeah, yeah, of like pretty solid TV that people have gotten a chance to get to know these characters and get to like these characters. And again, there's a very solid chance, even if the movie's great, these people would be like, well, I could watch that guy on TV for free. Yeah, and this this isn't that they're probably going to be retreading a bunch of stuff from season one. I'm on season five right now. No thanks. Well, not only that, the, the people are going to get confused, like general, and say, "Is this the one from TV? Oh, it's not. It's someone different. Oh, okay. I'll go back to watching TV then." Which again, too, it's like you have these actors. I know there's this weird divide between like, "Oh, well, they're dirty, unwashed TV actors, not like us big, happening Hollywood movie types," but just. just fucking put grant gustin and benoit just put just put them in fucking movies is that hard exactly but you'd basically just make an episode that's two hours long and has probably more ten, ten times the budget yeah is that so hard like again these shows are popular enough like that that's usually what happens with episodic stuff like this if the show is popular enough you get a movie yeah like, I'm sure it would be a big deal. Those crossovers are basically just movies. Yeah, yeah. Especially that last one was just a movie. It really was. It was. It was, and I'm like, you know, this is fucking better than the movies, actually, because I've had years worth of these characters' growth, and I get it and everything, <laughs> and just, ah, DC, you're doing better, but you're still weird. Yeah, you're still doing everything ass backwards. It's like yeah. they can't admit that the, the Marvel formula is like the winning formula. They have to, no, we've got to try and do something different. I mean, but to their credit too, it's like anyone who's tried to co-op the Marvel formula, has it worked for them? Like the dark movie monster universe tried to do it. It's that because didn't they work. get greedy and think, oh, that's we'll go true. straight to the team up movie because that's where all the money is. Godzilla's trying to do it now too, but like at least Godzilla and the monsters are conducive to that shit. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, most of these movies had like three or four monsters in them anyway. Yeah, that, uh, which is absolutely hilarious because that was is that, is that is that WB or is that Legendary? I can't really remember. I think that's Legendary. Yeah, who were owned by WB for a while before they like fired them or something. Like Transformers is trying to do it now too, but again, Transformers is doing it backwards because it had the main series and now it's spinning off into like prequels. Like, what are the adventures of Young Bumblebee? <laughs> yeah, prequels that don't aren't continuity, but are. It's it's strange. It's very strange. I don't fucking know, man. I don't fucking know at all. Uh, speaking of things that are back assword and things that just make me go what. Uh, Cyborg is going to be slated for the Doom Patrol show that they're doing on app. 
again played by someone completely different uh so i guess like that cyborg movie's not going to happen i guarantee you it's going to be oh, adapted no. into this um oh, of course yeah so ray fisher isn't coming back as cyborg i, I don't think um, which is a shame because i actually kind of enjoyed him like i thought he actually had a good screen presence and and again asked backwards why is he in a doom patrol movie uh tv show and not a titans tv he's on every team except the titans except Except the the one one he's meant to be on the one he actually has history with and stories written about i know right the only the only time he is on teen titans is fucking teen titans go That's the one. What, what what did Cyborg do? What did the poor character of Victor do that they're continuing to punish him through every multimedia thing? See, they're, they're, they're trying to push him, trying to make him like like an actual superhero, actual like A-list superhero like Batman and Superman, but it never works. Whenever he gets like a solo series, it only lasts like a couple of issues. No one cares for him unless he's yeah. on like a Teen Titans. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, like it's, it's like a baseball club, man. We all can't be Babe Ruth. You know, we can't all be Barry Bonds. We can't be star players. But if you're a really good member of a team, though then you're doing good, you know, and people will talk about you and, you know, what you brought to that team and everything. Not not everyone is meant to be a star, and that's fine. Yeah, I, it's very strange that they keep pushing to these, like, other teams and other teams that they think are going to be successful and, like, big and everything. It's it's so strange. It's it's because they wrote themselves into a corner when they were starting the new 52, where it's like, we need a black guy, too many whiteies on this team. Uh, John Stewart, nah, John wants to do Hal. John's is a big boner for Hal, so we can't do John. Um, Cyborg? Sure, why not? <laughs> no, not even like, what about Black Lightning? What about Vixen? What about any of these other... No, Cyborg was the first one I thought of, so it's going to be Cyborg. Yeah, but but he's he's on these teams, and people like it. I don't care. Erase yeah. him from history of those teams. He was never that's, on that's, them. <laughs> that's fine. We're going to be fucking up Teen Titans a bunch anyway, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> We'll, we'll fuck Teen Titans up for years, fix them, but still never put Cyborg where he's <laughs> supposed to be. And we'll, and we'll always have the hanging thread there where it's like, well, you know, if Wally just touched him, he'd remember his entire lost history, yes? Yeah, probably. Are you going to do that? Never. No, he'll touch everyone but Victor because he doesn't remember Victor because Dr. Manhattan deliberately took that from his mind and destroyed it. <laughs> that, look, that, look, one see, that, <laughs> that one memory. That one memory. You see, that's the thing, Matt. Cyborg is actually the secret to undoing Dr. Manhattan <laughs> deep within his code. If he goes he back the into secret. the Titans, everything unravels and the universe goes back to pre-Flashpoint. <laughs> man, man, if that's how Doomsday Clock ends with Victor Stone <laughs> staring down Dr. Manhattan, you're like, I know now, I know the true secret <laughs> of why you were trying to break me up and break us apart. It's like, it's because I could defeat you, I could defeat God. I feel and, like this is the best story ever. And Dr. Manhattan somehow looks like Dan Dio. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Victor's like, and also, what happened to Superboy Connor Kent? And Doctor Manhattan just shrugged his shoulders. Oh, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> I I lost him somewhere. He fell down a crack in the universe. <laughs> oh God, I actually finally got around to watching that Superman Death of Superman movie, and I like uh, Superboy is in it, but he has his terrible new Fifty Two costume. Well, that's the funny thing. He's got that in there, but then in, like, the pictures we've seen, he's got, like, the proper leather jacket sort of... Metropolis kid, yeah. Yeah. That movie was terrible. 
it really was. Like, I'm sitting here watching it. I'm like, man, Superman Doomsday is so much better, and Superman Doomsday is arguably one of the weaker of the original ones. But goddamn, it gets the death story better. It gets the tragedy of his loss better. The fight is better. And they even do the reign of the Superman in, like, the last 20 minutes by combining the four imposter Superman into one character. Yeah, yeah. It, it It's a very different take on it. But, yeah, it was. it's funny to think a movie made you know 10 years ago was much better than the one they made currently but yeah it was absolutely awful and i'll actually talk about more of it when we get to what we read this week yeah god damn and you know and like i wanted to watch because people like no joe you should watch it you might enjoy it peter tomasi wrote it and again that's the other weird thing Yeah, and again, I can see the Tomasiisms in it because they're like, oh, well, this is, you know, Clark and Lois taking the next step in their relationship. I'm like, okay, this would be an interesting place to take the movie. I would like to see more of this. Oh, no, we have to fight for 60% of the movie because that's the only way you're going to sell these because no one would actually watch, like, a romantic uh, drama about Lois and Clark's relationship. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. The Doomsday fight is, like, the last half hour, 20 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. everything and that's else is why... just like nonsensical build up <laughs> yep and that's another thing Superman Doomsday got right they got the fight out of the way in like the first half and then let the second half be about the fallout and you know the emotional impact and everything yeah. else yeah yeah you know cause that movie was written by you know a team that knew story structure and cared back when it started not now when dc animation just doesn't seem to give a shit about anything anymore it's like just just put it out the fucking door yeah yeah and again i know i've said this before and if i may rant just one last little time here who are those animated movies even for anymore they can't be for kids because they backload them with death and swearing now for almost no reason yeah they have a weird audience that there are fans of them i know because i get them uh, still Same. commenting on my Judas contract review, but telling me how I should kill myself and whatnot. Uh, um, but yeah, they have fans, and yeah, I I, I just don't know who. It's, it, it, it's like as you were saying before, it's those people that think they know comics but don't because they only watch like these, and they right. think, oh, if I watch these, I don't have to read the five yeah. volumes it's based on. Yeah, exactly, because it's like, it can't be for fans of the source material, because if you're a fan of, like, the death of Superman, you'd be like, well, this gets so much wrong, and this yeah. is mired in new 52-isms that I just don't like and don't mesh well with each other. Yeah, you're right, it's for people who want to sound like they know comics, but who have never actually cracked a book. Yeah, because that, that's, that's, that takes effort. <laughs> yeah, I, I like these because I don't have to read. Yeah. And they never used to be that way. They used to be so good. They used to be really faithful adaptations. Yeah. Or if they weren't faithful adaptations, they were really good original ideas. Yeah, well, yeah. they took the idea and did something different with it, but still kept that, that core belief yeah. of the of the story in it. Yeah, they expanded it as a whole thing. But, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that on the back burner as it is. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, things that confuse the shit out of me and make me ask questions... Uh, Hasbro is apparently working on a sequel to that Power Rangers movie. <laughs> when I saw this, I'm like, oh, Joel's going to love this. <laughs> Why? It did really well, Joel, you know. I actually think did it, it did. I, th- I, I did... think it did, like, like reasonably okay. Right, okay. It, it did well, but it didn't do well for the studio that owned it. But now that Hasbro wants to start making its own movies now, and now that they own the rights to the Power Rangers, they're like, hey, that's that's fine for us. Yeah, hey, Transformers is pretty much done. 
Yeah, gotta gotta start in somewhere else. Here's the crazy part: maybe being done by a toy company will actually be better. Cause that's all Power Rangers was was just a big long toy commercial. Maybe it'll actually be better now. Yeah, I I could see it definitely being better. And I mean, like, you know, God forbid they they try and adapt the comics, which I I'm not reading at the moment, but I know are apparently like really good. Oh, they're wonderful. They're so good. They're they're too good. Hasbro would never touch them. <laughs> Again, they probably want something close to Transformers. They want, like, a popcorn muncher summer film. And I will say that, like, the acting wasn't the worst. And, like, the last 20 minutes of that movie, when it just became an episode of the show, was actually kind of okay. Like, maybe if some refining went down, they could make it not terrible. But at the same time, I'm just like, eh. So what you're saying, this is all a, a, an ad executive here, is, is expand the last 20 minutes to two hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which, which shit, if I had the money, that's what I would do. Actually, no, I, I think I've said before, if I could do a Power Rangers movie, what I would do, I would just 21 Jump Street it, is what I would do. <laughs> I would just totally, I would make it a period piece in the 90s, I would backload it with 90s music, and I would totally own the fact that this shit is silly. I'd have them be like eco crusaders and be like, hey guys, we gotta clean up the park and you know, fight pollution, which is the greatest threat our world will ever encounter. <laughs> then aliens show up and everything, and just, you know, again, it, it would be a farce. I would just make it one giant farce, and I'd have people make winky, nudging jokes to be like, oh, monsters are destroying the city. Where are the cops? Where are the army? Ah, eh, man, they never come. <laughs> That's what I would do, but again, that that's too outside the box. They'd be like, that's too smart. Get your smart ideas out of that, here. That gives you too much money. Yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll make that, too much money. You can't make too much money. That's that's too self-aware. People don't <laughs> like movies that are self-aware. It makes them feel dumb and scared. <laughs> what's, what, what's that joke from Futurama? People, uh, but, but, pe- people don't like smart things because it makes them feel dumb, and people don't like unexpected things because it makes them feel scared. <laughs> That, that would be my Power Rangers movie. Just makes you feel dumb and scared the whole time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so from something that I would be really passionate about to something I think Matt will be really passionate about, uh, John Favreau's live-action Star Wars series reported to have a $1 million, or $100 million budget. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me, too, because everyone's like, isn't that just a ridiculous amount of money they're throwing at this? I'm like, not really. That's $10 no. million dollars an episode if you have 10 episodes. I think Game of Thrones technically makes episodes for more. Yeah, like something like 15 or something. I know like this last season that's coming out for it is going to be something like that. Yeah. So And, and, and that's exactly what I want, a live-action HBO-quality star wars show that, that's that, that's amazing and apparently like as well there's like rumors about like what it's going to be based on apparently it's going to be based on like mandalore after the return of the jedi and what happens with all of them and stuff and that kind of makes perfect because john favreau voiced one of the characters is. from mandalore for his pre vizsla <laughs> that's that's way too fucking funny that he actually is one of the mandalorians <laughs> They stick together, them damn Mandalorians, don't yeah. they? And and the people they cast for the voices as well are actual actors, like uh, Katie yeah. Stackoff and all that, so they could easily cast them in it. She could actually come back as her character, and maybe Favreau could come back as his character. Too. They'd get a buff dude to play him in a helmet, but he'd be doing the voice. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But yeah, I, I, I'm very excited to see what this show's going to be like. Apparently it starts filming in October, maybe? 
I think. Uh, where yeah. are they filming it? Uh, I have no idea. Vancouver. Everything's filmed in Vancouver <laughs> now. That's no, not a CW show. In in the woods of Vancouver, man. Some days I think where it's like, man, should I move to a showbiz town to like maybe get better on YouTube or something? I bet if I moved to Vancouver, I could get a walk-on role in one of those shows at some point. <laughs> Just me walking around in the background. Oh, I saved my flash and dropped my ginger's coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> this is the voice they wanted. I'm just acting. <laughs> so when do I get my SAG card? <laughs> That's Screen Actors Guild, for those who don't know. Although, I don't know. Do we have the Screen Actors Guild in Canada, or do we have something different? Yeah, probably different. We might have, like, the Film Actors A. Guild, <laughs> moose and syrup guilds of acting. Yeah, that's the one. Let's go with that. <laughs> but yeah, so our last story here we're talking about today, uh, or no, maybe we actually have some more. Or no, I guess this is the last one there. So apparently, uh, they've tapped a writer for a fucking Craven the Hunter movie they want to make now. Oh God, fucking damn it, fucking Sony. <laughs> Because Sony apparently is just throwing everything bad at the wall all the time to see what sticks. They, they, didn't they just recently come up with a name for their um, cinematic universe and it's like cinematic universe of Marvel characters or some bullshit? I think it was of Marvel Champions where I'm like, wow, that's a bad name. I hope whatever guy you paid to focus group <laughs> those got fired because that's a really bad name. <laughs> That's really... And also, they're like, okay, so we're not going to make that black and silver movie anymore, but we're going to make a silk movie, and we're going to maybe make a movie about Jackpot. Remember Jackpot? <laughs> and the internet collectively, no. No, we don't. I who the I, fuck is Jackpot? Was it you who was going on about like them bringing back Alpha? Oh, yes, that was my pitch. I'm like, hey, Bob, hey, hey, Sony, you know, look, if all you want is bad ideas and just, like, the worst, most obscure Spider-Man characters, remember Alpha? I... Dan, Dan Slott wanted him to have a sidekick, and he had electricity powers, and he was fucking horrible, so much to the point Dan Slott never even tried to do anything with him when it was all done. Hey, you know, like, you joke, but they'll be like, oh, we need a hero for this cinematic universe. Oh, we'll get Spider-Man's trainee. It's still related to Spider-Man. No one gives a shit about him. What, what when, You know what I was thinking? I was like, what if, what if Alpha ends up t turning out to be that, that villain in Amazing Spider-Man that's like, like uh, pulled Mysterio from hell and everything? Oh, God. That would be, that would be amazing. Don't put it past Nick Spencer. He does shit like that. <laughs> But look, God, when are, guys, seriously, when when are we going to get our Judas Traveler movie? That's that's the real question. <laughs> when are we going to get weird-ass Judas Traveler? Yeah, he's like Constantine, but a million times shittier. <laughs> when are we... I'm trying to think, like, what are the worst Spider-Man-related characters? I'm surprised they never tried to do anything with, like, the Slingers, where it's like, yeah, they're like a team of Spider-Man, but they're like Power Rangers, too. <laughs> Don't give but, them ideas. A... Stop giving them ideas. <laughs> I know, right? This this feels like this needs to be a list video. The top ten terrible things Sony might do with the Spider-Man Sony will do. Yeah. Hey, what about the Wraith? She's a cop who becomes a superhero. She was big there for a little bit, and she's going to be in the new video game. <laughs> I, I, I might be the only person in the world who actually likes Wraith. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's okay, what, Nobby? Joel still loves you. <laughs> but yeah, oh god, the jackpot thing. Did you see that there for jackpot? They're I did. actually considering. Do, do you know who jackpot is? I don't know. That's how. Like, I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> that's fine. So does everyone. That means you're sane, Matt. Uh, <laughs> jackpot was another lame attempt at trying to give Spider-Man a sidekick. This idea was is that she showed up, like for six issues looked a bit like Mary Jane and because her name is Jackpot Spider-Man thought that she had to be Mary Jane because that's like her catchphrase right mm -hmm. it, it turned out it wasn't Mary Jane and then we never saw that character ever ever again <laughs> but she deserves a movie now <laughs> apparently apparently I'm really shocked that Sony hasn't tried to be like so we're going to do a Ben Riley clone Spider-Man movie because that's really all our universe is a very very lame clone <laughs> and again too it's like guys you know Spider-Man 2099 is sitting right there right you could do like a future Spider-Man who's not Peter Parker Did, and didn't have, like, we pitch that didn't we pitch we that did. yeah like that would make sense like they just like oh it's not in the same timeline so we don't have to worry about like peter parker or aunt may or any of these characters yeah but i've got but i've got a whole box of who gives a fucks matt that i need to make movies about first well that's the, like another thing why don't they do like ben riley or something do, do either of the clones do ben riley do kane do any of that shit do fucking mayday parker spider girl but no they'll never do that because those are actually good ideas <laughs> Only bad ideas here at Sony, which in fact, that that's actually another thing that I heard. There's a conspiracy theory floating around that the reason Sony keeps greenlighting all these clearly terrible ideas is because they saw all the money Fox made by selling off their film uh, division and the fact that, you know, like, uh, what is it, uh, standards and practices and like the business commission and all the people who should give a shit didn't really give a shit. So the idea is that maybe they're greenlighting all these movies to kind of make their portfolio look way more profitable and way more interesting than it actually is so they can sell it off to someone else for big money. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them either. And again, Fox has stated precedent now that, yeah, sure, Disney can own everything, whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Disney can own it all. Or even just sell it off part and parcel to marvel and disney and be like okay you want to buy spider-man outright this is what it's going to cost you you want to buy all these other characters outright you, you got to buy them on a uh, installment well that's the thing like i heard that like sony owns something like 900 marvel characters i'm like get the fuck out of here bullshit they do there's a there's a lot of characters in spider-man they're, they're all like no name like one issue appearance characters that's the thing they might own 900 characters no one's saying they own 900 good characters <laughs> they own like probably like three <laughs> yeah they got the kangaroo and the puma and all the other animal themed villain spider-man the puma has. the puma cinematic universe he could fight the black panther oh yeah he'll be our black panther puma <laughs> and we got the black tarantula and we got the spider side and the spider slayers and we got <laughs> it's, it's like when you're trading cards with someone and i got one of these <laughs> but they're all just related to one universe and that's it <laughs> but yeah so that's uh that's a segment of the show called what the fuck is sony doing <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be back with more on this segment in the future. 
But yeah, I guess with that, everyone, we can hop into what we read this week. And it feels like it's been forever since we actually talked about what we read this week, Matt. Oh, it, it kind of has. We haven't we haven't talked about it for a while now. No, because we've been away and had guests and had spoiler casts and had everything else. And I think this is a good week to do it because it's actually been a pretty light week, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to go first? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we talked about it earlier, and I guess we'll talk about it now, and that's Superman issue two. Yes, yes, the coming and then leaving of the nuclear man. We hardly knew the... <laughs> yeah, nuclear man showed up and got his head caved in by Rogel Zar. Uh, ben just is such a fucking troll. He always does this. He did it with Geldof back in Ultimate Spider-Man. It was like, oh yeah, Geldof is going to be a really important character. You you be on the lookout for Geldof when he comes. And that's why when he was touring around Superman, oh yeah, I'm making Nuclear Man canon. Oh yeah, he's going to be a big character, big antagonist. You just wait for Nuclear Man fucking dead. Yeah, yeah, and we, we get little to no explanation of like why the Earth is now in the Phantom Zone. No. Um, no idea how or why. Um, it's a mystery. Yeah, that usually by now, like we'd have some hint at 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 exactly what's going on, but being Bendis, we don't. Um, and like, I thought, did Rogelzar do this? But no, he's as lost as everybody. <laughs> he's like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> his his plan is stupid too. His oh, I couldn't beat Superman on my own. I must build a Phantom Zone army to fight Superman. And I'm like, dude, Rogelzar. I don't know if you remember this, but you were actually kicking his ass. It was only because Supergirl blindsided you with the Phantom Zone generator that you lost. Go beat him up now. He yeah. can't send you to the Phantom Zone if you're both in the Phantom Zone. Well, not only that, is that now that Superman's in the Phantom Zone, he's cut off from his power. So, like, yeah. he, he's only got a finite amount of Yellow Sun energy left. So if you go after him now, you probably fucking kill him. Rebel Zar's not very smart, despite uh, everyone saying that he's a tactical genius. Yeah, uh, not, not only that is that, like, something's happening with, like, the Earth's heroes where, like, Batman seemingly shits himself in the Batmobile or something. The dialogue yep. kind of implies that. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of poop and pee and yeah. shit going on in this. What is Bendis's weird obsession with this? Like, it started with the Flash talking about cock-a-poo-poo, and here the Flash talks about how he has to pee and how his bowels are being affected by the radiation. Yeah, and and then then that's another thing. So the Flash in this is obviously Barry, but he's yeah. drawn as Wally, and even yes. kind of sort of talks a little bit like Wally. Yes. But then Bendis says it's something that happened after Doomsday Clock. This or maybe place... he just fucked up, and it's an art error. Yeah, and he doesn't want to admit that because yeah, because his hair is red when it's supposed to be blonde. Yeah, goddamn fucking Bendis. Um. I, I did like though that like they they had that like talk like with like the the, the monologue of Superman talking like how uh, Green Arrow asked him if he ever turns off mm. his, his like uh, powers or anything and he never does because all he wants to do is help people and everything. I liked all that sort of stuff, but everything else was kind of shit. So weird, so slapdash. Also, nothing really happens in yeah. this issue, which is shocking. Where it's like, guys. Earth got put into the Phantom Zone. This is like something you could build an event around. Why is everyone going so slow and not treating this like it's a big deal? Again, like, why is this just in, like, an everyday Superman issue? This should be a big event. <laughs> this should yeah. be, uh, like, a DC summer event. Fuck Heroes in Crisis. Fuck that yeah, right we, off. Make this a big need, fucking event. 
you call it uh, Justice League, the Phantom Earth is what you call it. And every tie-in has a different hero having to fight, like, some super awesome Kryptonian criminal. Like, you know, uh, Batman has to fight, like, General Zod or something, and the cyborg Superman and all this other stuff. Like, basically anyone who could be thrown into the Phantom Zone becomes a boss fight. Exactly. You could have done all this really cool shit, but that would be finished up in, you know, five issues or so. I, I was talking with someone else the other day and I said like action comics is much better action action 1001 I liked because we got to see like how crime operates in Metropolis when mm-hmm. it's protected by basically a god who can see and hear yeah. everything how does crime operate I thought that was really cool and it seems to be more like investigative reporter Clark Kent yeah, which which is better for Bendis because it's closer to street level and detective yeah. stories, which he's better at writing anyway. Yeah, but yeah, this Superman wasn't good. I did like the little monologue stuff he had at the start, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, that one that one was disappointing. Actually, as I look at all the books I read this week, I only read two DC books this week, and they both disappointed me. <laughs> really? What was your other one? uh detective comics yeah i i've been liking i know you haven't really been liking this arc but i've been liking it i i hate the villain so much because he is the embodiment of every whiny fanboy (laughs) but not even a smart version of that and i kept waiting for the big twist because this is the issue he finally unmasks and it's like okay so karma's going to be revealed to be the youtube guy right that's That's what i thought that's what i thought as well that's going to be the big clever twist Nope, nope, he's the he's the arms dealer Batman thought he was. I'm like, oh, so he's even more boring then. Yeah, so he's just like some arms dealer that Batman punished a while ago who got butt hurt yeah. over that. Yeah, so, so he's literally just some fuckboy in an alien helmet with no extra layer or twist or anything to him. He's just a guy. That's unfortunate. Uh, Cassandra had a great bit in this comic. She's actually very well served in this arc and has been. In fact, she's the only sidekick who's well served. Yeah, yeah, I really liked her her story in, in this mm. and uh, her small team up with Black Lightning and her, everything. Yeah. The, the one person I didn't like in this arc was goddamn Barbara Gordon. Yeah, why is why are they <laughs> she, all she was a real on Barbara? Bitch. She was a real bitch. What? This issue. And for no reason, yeah. and like every, and everyone's like, it was your fault, Barbara, that she left. It was your fault, this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't treat Barbara like a child. She's an adult. She doesn't live in your cave. She has her own series, and she has her own team. Yeah. Why are, why are you guys treating her like a kid all of a sudden? And also, don't you remember back in the Tynan run not so long ago when Barbara won Batman's respect by, like, really taking him to ca- uh, task and, like, really cutting through him and everything guess hill didn't read that (laughs) like it's so weird that he chooses to make her the whipping uh girl barbara is basically the meg of this series (laughs) damn it barbara (laughs) (laughs) and barbara just storms off at the end i'm like good you should storm off And Batman, again, just ignoring all parental responsibility. You need to listen to this Black Lightning all the time, forever. Whatever he says, I'm giving up all parental, uh, what is it, responsibility. <laughs> hey, where's Damien? Oh, operating a black site prison shit. Yeah, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> I renounce you all. But it's like, but Batman, by renouncing your sidekicks, are you not doing exactly what the villain wanted you to do? Are you basically giving in to terrorist demands? Yes, but shut up. <laughs> And you know it's going to end in a stupid moral of like, oh, I finally learned how important family was. Yeah, you learned that a couple <laughs> learned arcs that ago. You time. 
Yeah, you, you are constantly learning this, Batman. Why do you never learn from this? And I like Hill tries to up the stakes to be like, oh, would would Batman ever consider killing his sidekicks to save these children? And you have like a, like a married couple on TV being like, oh, Batman's a good man. We know he'll do whatever it takes to save our children, even if it means killing someone else's children. We know he'll do it. <laughs> and I'm like, do these people not know Batman at all? <laughs> Just, just a lot of weird, dumb shit here. And then it, it reminds you where it's like, oh, yeah, this is also an Outsiders reunion vehicle, so Katana shows up with a new costume. Yeah, yeah, it's because she's the only one, only one who could help him defeat Karma, even though he technically did this issue. Yeah, that's the other thing. How will I ever defeat Karma? <laughs> he found out how to defeat him. <laughs> yeah, just strap rockets to him. It seems like you kicked his ass here. You, you dropped him out a window, but then no one bothered to go after him? Yeah, he kind of, like, just, like, oh, there he goes, he's away. I'll, ne- I'll never defeat him, even after I just defeated him. <laughs> this this whole arc has been really lackluster, especially coming off uh, Tynan's run. Uh, James Robinson and Tomasi can't get here quick enough. <laughs> so close, so close. <laughs> I know. And again, it's funny, I actually, I, I, I hated two Hill books this week, actually, because he wrote the uh, Spider-Man annual, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, he did. How was that? Although, oh, oh, so remember what we said about the methodically deleting everything Bendis has worked on? Yeah. This is a massive retcon of Miles Morales' character history, minus the Ultimate Universe. Okay. So Miles has been here all along, apparently, he got his powers shortly after Secret Invasion. They don't they don't tell us under what new circumstances he got his powers or even if he ever met Spider-Man at that point. <laughs> but but wait, Miles Miles did cool shit in the Secret Wars. He was the last last guy to survive and you know Molecule Man let him join the universe cuz he was nice to him and they were going to do all this great stuff and no all gone now. All gone. Also, too, they invent this new stupid character who's like Miles' peer tutor. And he's like, oh, Miles, you want to come to me to this special event that I promise won't get attacked by scrolls, but it'll get attacked by scrolls? He dies, and Miles is like, oh, no, I'm learning with great power comes great responsibility. This guy died on my watch. I must become a superhero. And I'm like, really? Really? They're trying to replace the death of Ultimate Peter Parker with just some fucking schnook they invented right now? It's Schmieder Schmarker. Oh yeah, just fuck, just bullshit all the way. I'm like, boo, boo these retcons. I boo all of them. <laughs> Again, as someone in the chat said, like, look, retconning Miles Morales as a character is probably going to be necessary going on. They're they're never going to talk about the Ultimate Universe again, despite Bendis. He's going to be in that new Spider-Man video game. He's going to have the Edge of Spider-Verse movie. They need a cannon to stick if he ever wants to have a book again. Yeah. But this was not the right way to do it in a single issue. If you want to redo him, you need to do, like, Miles Morales year one, and you need to write his new canon from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. You can't just, like, take parts of it and try and jam it in to, to yeah. like, the current continuity and everything. That doesn't work very well. No, it doesn't. Or, and this is the way I would have done it, where it's like, look, the ultimate stuff happened you just got to deal with it. And if he has a complicated history, he has a complicated history. Wolverine has a complicated history. Hawkman has a complicated history. And it's part of what makes them endearing. I think the problem with Miles is, again, because Bendis was such a prima donna and because Slot was a prima donna too, they, 
even though he's like been in the universe for years now, they've never hammered out how that works. Yeah, yeah, they they never or they never yeah got a chance to do that or like Bendis or Slot didn't want to do that because one or the other wanted it one way and the other one wanted the other way or yeah it's so true because it's be- the like that final shot in secret wars by hickman is so amazing where he swings off with Pi- a spider-man in a brand new world and his mom's back to life and it's great and you figure like oh so miles is going to be spider-man's sidekick now no slot doesn't want to write that that doesn't gel with what he's doing oh well bendis is going to write it in his book no, Bendis is going to pick up writing like he never stopped, and he's just going to keep doing his thing like, oh, so we're we're never going to hammer out the particulars of Miles? <laughs> no, not really. We're just going to keep to keep on keeping on. He'll be a fixture, but we'll never really explain stuff. And it's like, oh, that, that seems really unfortunate for him, and the longer you go with it, the more damage that seems to be caused. <laughs> Poor Miles. Love him. Love him so much. We all did. I remember back when you and I were at Name Redacted. Uh, what is it? This was like a book that we all really loved and all really brought us together. And it was like our favorite Miles and Ultimate Spider-Man. It's a shame to see him fall so far from the light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet for them to like prop up his corpse weekend at Bernie style and be like, no, no, no. He needs to be around, though, because movies and video games. We need to keep him relevant. But no, we're not going to give him a new book or anything. <laughs> yeah, just hose him off a little bit. Just... Yeah, just hose him off a little bit. Just, It's such a shame because it could have been so much better. I get that it's necessary, but this was not a good version of what he needed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah what... That sucks. It really, it really, really does. What uh, What else did you have going on, Matt? Let's let's change the subject here. <laughs> let's change the record. Uh, I had Supergirl issue 21. Yeah, I heard this was actually really good, and apparently this does more to explain Rogel Czar than Bendis has. This should have been the main Superman book. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so Supergirl, uh, with this new issue, she's she's kind of back in the fold of the new uh, of the DC universe, um, whereas before the twenty issues uh, by Steve Orlando were kind of isolated to National City, kind of very 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 TV, TV show TV show. This one kind of brings her back. Uh, and she she's intent on finding out who Rogelzar is, where he came from, why he destroyed Krypton and Kandor, why he hates Kryptonians, all that sort of stuff. Um, all very important questions you think Superman yeah, would hear yeah. about. Yeah, uh, he's in this book and he implores her not to go because uh, it's dangerous and everything. Uh, also, but... don't leave me like my wife and child. <laughs> yeah, please me. don't leave me. <laughs> why does everyone I love leave Superman? <laughs> Um, and he 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 can't come because his wife and child are missing, um, and so he's got like he it's basically I have to stay here because Bender said so. <laughs> I have to stay by the phone in case they call, which they can't call because I lost the ability to call them. But I need to stay here. If I go into space, I might actually find them, and I can't do that. Yeah, so she starts her mission by taking Rogel's axe, which she still has from their battle. And uh, she goes to Hal Jordan and wants him to use his Green Lantern access to sort of track the weapon and uh, track its serial code, basically. Um, Hey, space cop, do space cop things. Yeah, he does, and apparently it, like, activates something somewhere because the the weapon is, like, heavily redacted in, like, the files Mm. and everything. 
because as we know, the Guardians were actually in bed with Rogel's R and the yeah. Circle and everything, so they wouldn't want people looking into it. Yeah, so she's like, okay, well then we'll, I better go to Mogo then and try and track down that file, the, the like sort of like hard copy sort of thing. So she sets out on a mission. She gets a new costume, um, and yes. the, the, the reason behind this is because it's a solar collector costume. It collects solar energy ah. and keeps it just in case she goes to a place that there's no yellow sun. So it's very Clever. Smart very clever uh crypto comes with her uh nice he, he, it's pretty cool he comes with like a note from from superman that says i can't <laughs> go but you can take the dog <laughs> here take my fucking dog too i lost everything in the divorce <laughs> you might as well have him <laughs> <laughs> oh divorce dad superman is great but also terrible yeah and um yeah she sits off on on her mission to 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 mogo first and some someone knows that she's coming for for the information and uh knows she won't find out the whole truth and if she does she'll just die and we don't know who we don't know who it's probably someone in the circle or related to them but yeah they someone doesn't want her finding out who rogelzar is that sounds legitimately really good. Yeah, why isn't that the Superman book? Yeah, why is it? Re- I can, I know why it's relegated to Supergirl because like Candor got she destroyed. She needs something and, to do. Yeah, she and they yeah needed to add something to. But still, like this should really be a Superman book. <laughs> well, you see, Matt, Superman can't be proactive. He needs to be really sad about losing his wife and son, and he needs to mope and possibly get into new relationships on Earth. <laughs> you know, if Superman solves the problem there'd be no story <laughs> yeah so i i'm very much looking forward to this it was it was a great start to the to the story and yeah i mean i want to read it see. now yeah yeah it's, it's probably going to be the most important like superman family book other than you know action comics maybe god how fucked up is it going to be where it's like yo you can ignore all those superman books but supergirl <laughs> is yeah, where it's at yeah all, all the big shit doesn't happen in in the actual main book it should happen it happens in basically what is essentially a tie-in <laughs> But you know what? That happens sometimes too. Sometimes Supergirl is like actually really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's a critical darling, and I'm glad to see it good again. And hey, you know, Mark Andreco, I I might disagree with a lot of what the dude says about movies in real life, but damn it, the man knows story structure. <laughs> he certainly does. What? Wonder how he feels about his character Manhunter being in Green Arrow. Hmm. Maybe uh, he probably he probably really enjoys the residuals from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does, where it's like, yeah, catching them residuals, and then if she ever becomes Manhunter in that book, I'll bring her over to the Supergirl book. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I guess one we didn't talk about, and shocking, we didn't talk about this one. The Fantastic Four came back this week. They did. It, it was a really cool issue as well. Yeah, it was cool. It wasn't as good as Marvel 2-in-1, but it was pretty good. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's really weird because um, I still have yet to read the last Marvel 2 and 1 and I thought, oh crap, do I need to read that oh. beforehand? But like, yeah, it doesn't like sort of end and lead into this. That's yep. still like an ongoing series, I guess. It is. Also, here's the thing. I'll tell you about that last Marvel 2 and 1. Uh, it's a masterpiece. It might be the best issue they've written in the series, which like is probably why. I've like flicked it's, through it. So yeah. it's It's probably why my you know sights were so high and my anticipation was so high for fantastic four to be like oh this is really good but that like might be one of the best things chip zadarsky's ever written <laughs> well that that's good but yeah this issue was was really touching yes it certainly was again much like in the way marvel 2 and 1 is touching 
I worry that this one might have to retread a lot of ground. They say apparently by issue two, they're all going to get back together, which is good. I like that little part at the end because that was like, this is Dan Slott talking to all those Twitter people that like get mad no. because the Fantastic Four weren't in Fantastic Four. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? He's he's good about that one. Uh, it's nice to see the thing proposed to his on again, off again girlfriend, Alicia Masters, and he has a good reason to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? About time, jeez, man, you know, hey, you know what they say, you know, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I liked his reasoning, where he's like, look, you know, Sue and Reed might never come back, my family might never come back, but you know what? I wanna. I want to make you part of my family. You know, I want this to be a real thing between you and me. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And he gives her a kick-ass alien ring. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And we do we do technically see Sue and Reed in this issue in we both do, a flashback we do get an adventure. and in both a flashback and like current Sue and Reed. That's true. We do actually kind of get it there. And uh, the adventure we see them on is like total 60s fantastic oh, yeah. warfare. Oh, you gotta sing, Johnny, if we want to get back to Earth. <laughs> you gotta, gotta sing s- Wayne Newton to get back home. <laughs> yeah, wow, what a what a pull. And I'm like, why Wayne Newton? I'm like, ah, Ferris Bueller's day off. That's why. <laughs> Dan Slott showing his age there. And then I'm thinking they're like, oh, really? The Human Torch is the best singer because there's... There's this episode of, uh, what is it, Fantastic Four, the cartoon with Brian Austin Green or whatever, which would seek to imply that he's not the best singer. <laughs> that he's actually pretty shit, but all right, that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, it, it was cool. And there's also a really nice uh, Doctor Doom backup story, too, that seeks to imply that Slot's going to take him into some interesting directions. Yeah, I, I actually like this design for Doom where he's, he's, he doesn't like have any armor. He looks very, like, savage. and Primal. Um, yeah, he's 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 just using magic. Yeah, yeah. I thought that I thought that was, that was pretty cool, and I I do like as well that like his people like worship him, and it's like he's the ray yeah. of hope we need. Whereas like everyone <laughs> else, it, it's kind of like North Korea. Everyone else from the outside is like, no, that's a dictator. He he's bad. He's bad. Yeah, it's like Doom is our exalted leader. He was born under a tree from a panda, and he meditated for three hundred years. <laughs> Like, like they're really buying the propaganda, yeah. but like Doom, but like Doom kind of sees that and it's like, oh shit, you you guys are children, aren't you? You actually need me to change your diaper and clean up this problem, which he does. And it's kind of like, look, I'll be Doctor Doom, I'll be the villain, but I'll be the villain for the right reason. Yeah, yeah. It's this weird kind of circular thing to where it's like, I was good, I was an anti-hero, I'm bad again, but I'm being bad for a good reason. Yeah, again, building off what, like what Chip Zdarsky did in the proper ending for his character. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, basically scrapping like what Bendis and everything did with him at the end of our true. infamous Iron Man. <laughs> Which that also really needed to be scrapped. Thank you for that. <laughs> Also, too, the fact where it's not, again, you mentioned the Bendis thing, where it's like, oh, I'm ugly again, I guess I need to be evil. No, that's bullshit. That'd be really stupid if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> who who would do that? <laughs> I know I wouldn't. But yeah, that was that was good. I, I wonder if the sales numbers will still be there for Fantastic Four, because obviously everyone wanted it because they didn't have it, but I wonder now that they have it, will people keep up with it? hope so i ordered the first issue and can't wait for it to yeah. arrive because because i noticed with captain america post nick spencer where like everyone's like we hate this we want old captain america back 
Then they got it, but then the numbers started going down for it when it wasn't a must-read anymore. Even with this Ta-Nehisi Coates thing, everyone bought and watched my video for number one. Number two, considerable dip. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Where I'm like, do, pe do people not care? Do people only care when they think there's something amazing going on with Cap or something they can bitch about? Because <laughs> that's quite the thing. But yeah, is that, is that everything, Matt? That was everything I read. Uh, I had Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps issue 50. The oh, yes. final issue in the series and the final Robert Venditti issue. He's been writing oh, this the, is book the last for six one. years. Yeah, he's had a very little since DC Rebirth yeah. started, even a little before. Something like 85 issues and like five annuals or something. Damn, that is a sizable chunk. Yeah, this this final issue delivers on all of that. Uh, yes. It was great. It like sort of brought it all full circle. They they finished their fight with the Dark Stars mm. uh, in like only the way how Jordan can can, and that is win by not actually killing and <laughs> and actually trusting his his willpower and everything um which was really cool to see uh the the villain does die but he dies by his own hand uh mm. because he realizes uh toma too realizes like what he's done and everything and how bad everything is and what's interesting as well like the whole like like zod is in in throughout this series and he's here yeah, because yeah. he wants to kill toma too for so, sort of to get revenge on toma ray's like negligence in krypton's destruction and everything that's um, a very good idea that's a very good pitch and and he's denied that because Toma 2 kills himself um so he's like fuck you fuck you i'm gonna get my revenge some other way and just like flies off and i'm like oh what's, what's gonna happen with zod now because zod's got Sounds his own planet zod. and he's like growing yeah. like, his new krypton and everything still do you think bendis will remember that no no, he'll be in the yep. he'll be somehow locked in the Phantom Zone or something. He'll be there. You'll be like, well, how the fuck does any of this make sense? And he won't he have doesn't. his child and Ursa no. and everything, and yeah, none of that. But Nan will be back, which yeah. will be surprising. Yeah, yeah, because they need a heavy for Rogelzar to smash his head in. Ex exactly, Nan will be there so Rogelzar can kill him and prove how stronger he is. Yeah, 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 and then Doomsday gets killed as well. Um. Rogel is strongest there is. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a really cool issue. It finished with like the Lantern Corps sort of reigniting their, their the core and sending out like thousands of other Green Lantern rings to find new recruits and everything. Uh, it all, and then it ended in like the best way possible, and it was kind of similar to Amazing Spider-Man, where Hal returns to Earth, meets with Carol, and they get back together. Oh, that's really nice. So I'm like, what's going to happen now with Hal in that Grant Morrison series? <laughs> Well, you see, they get back together, and then a bald Scottish man steps out. <laughs> and like, how, how, you need to come here right quick. We got troubles in the multiverse. <laughs> oh, sorry, Carol. This uh, bald Scottish man says I need to go with him now, so I'm going to go with him now. Bye. <laughs> so, so speaking of the multiverse, I had Flash issue 50, 52, oh, 53. Yes. And I, again, like that brings up more multiverse stuff since we have the Hall of Heroes in it. Uh, with Flash mm. trying to find out more about these um, uh, forces, forces. like Steel Force, Sage Force, and all that sort of stuff. But none of the other Earths and realities know about these or like have oh. them on their oh. own. Um, Interesting. So they're only like at this Earth. And uh, one of the interesting things about this issue and last issue is that it um, sort of proves that 
Iris is getting her memories back of like pre Flashpoint. Oh. Um, oh. And we've seen what happens when some, when like people like Wally get them back, he kind of like went crazy and had to be taken to yeah. sanctuary. Um, yeah. But she's been like handling them really well, but like she's starting to like, like she'll like remember something and doesn't remember if it's from this life or a past life. And mm-hmm. she remembers being married to Barry. Mm-hmm. and um she's not obviously married to him now but like no i guess not she's trying to like deal with them while flash is like dealing with um uh commander cold who's there investigating the the, the forces as well and it's funny she says something really funny as well and uh it kind of made me go like yeah why hasn't he and she's like you don't even know who commander cold is you don't even know his real name like that's true they never should, asked that question maybe you should you know investigate that a little bit if you're going to be working with this guy and even when jeff johns first created the character he never revealed any of the identities of the good rogues from the future which makes me think it's going to be a big reveal like he's going to be related to to him or something somehow mm-hmm. he's going to be jai west or something yeah yeah that'd be something yeah i i think he's going to be related to them but yeah that that was a really fun issue the trickster's back and he's they they put i don't know whether i told you about the arc when they were stuck in like iron heights but like they found out that like warden wolf was like abusing uh the criminals in as he often does in 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 iron heights and uh they 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 brought a trickster out to sort of like talk to a judge about like maybe doing something about it and Mm -hmm. he gets attacked by para angels of all things uh (laughs) and then like he gets like some type of power that makes him hulk out and like he wants to try and kill warden wolf now we don't know what exactly that power is though i Mm. imagine it's the strength force sure sounds like it yeah but that was that was really cool a really cool book you're doing a good job selling me on Flash, too. I know I'd have a lot of stuff to catch up on, but you're making me sound it's, like Flash is really good again. It, it really, like, kind of bothers me a little bit that, like, not many people sh- are reading it when it's, like, so integral to, like, DC lore and, like, especially, like, Justice League, like, with them exploring those... those uh, That's true. ...those forces in that, and this is, like, sort of giving the backstory and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing it's is, also... DC isn't, like, like advertising it as that. They're just advertising it as They hey, never the have. It's the Flash. They, they've never, ever, for any of the runs, have they ever tried to push the Flash. And it's so weird, especially now, when, again, if you've listened to our show, Matt and I kind of feel like the Batman books are dropping the ball and the Superman books are dropping the ball. Maybe now is the time to write or read flash. Cause it sounds like flash is keeping the ball. It really is. It's doing a really good job and it, it, it helps as well that Joshua Williamson has been writing it for like 50 odd issues. So yeah, he's, he's really consistent. consistent. I think that's the problem too. Where it's like Joshua Williamson, while well, he's not a name like a King or a Bendis. Yeah, that's true, but he should be. He should be. I, I liked his indie work. I can actually hipster out on this one and said, I like Nailbiter. <laughs> Nailbiter, his horror comic about serial killers is really good. And hilariously, you know who showed up in Nailbiter? Brian Michael Bendis as a person. <laughs> in fact, in that book, he says Brian Michael Bendis is the greatest serial killer of all time <laughs> because of all of the characters he's murdered throughout his runs. Oh, God. (laughs) That must be so awkward now that they're working together under the same roof. (laughs) Hey, man, I called you a serial killer one time. (laughs) Bendis would be like, thank you. That's the biggest praise I've ever gotten. (laughs) Bendis, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it just fades back into his office. (laughs) Wait till you see who I'm going to murder next. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I have this new story where I kill the Flash, right? That's okay with everyone? Yep, thought so. <laughs> it's in continuity currently, but we're doing this. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Brian, you can't kill him. I'm right. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to kill him in my <laughs> Superman books. <laughs> Or I'm just gonna make him talk about poo and pee a bunch. I'm gonna I'm gonna murder him metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> I'm gonna make him seem so lame no one will want to reach your body. <laughs> that's that's so fucking cruel and vindictive. That's almost worse than I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna make him like Max Power and Superman. Oh no, the Flash ran into a cactus again, and then he got a bucket of glue dumped on him. <laughs> And now those beavers are stealing his pants. <laughs> Barry just can't catch a break, can oh, he? No. <laughs> and then he ate the radioactive donut, and now his hand is open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm merging like several Simpsons jokes all together <laughs> in the show. Oh, God. Uh, you see, this is why we do this show, Matt, just to make ourselves laugh. <laughs> If anyone else laughs, we're sure that's solely by accident. <laughs> but uh, is that it? Do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Well, there you have it, everyone. After the universe tried to kill me and Matt with food sickness and burns, I think like the Phoenix, we have risen and we're back stronger than ever before. Yeah, we promise we won't kill everyone like the Phoenix does. Yeah, and we also promise we won't go back for three months' worth of reshoots like apparently the Phoenix movie is supposedly doing. Uh, but Just... three months isn't a lot, Joel. That's only, like, minor reshoots, you know? <laughs> only minor. Wasn't the whole movie shot in three and a half months? Yes, but shut up. <laughs> you really got to remember that important show. Just cancel them. Come on. Cancel that. Keep New Mutants. Keep New Mutants because it's different enough. I know what they're saying, where it's like, oh, but we have to end the, like, the Fox era of X-Men. You did end it several times over. Logan is your ending. You'll never do yeah. better than Logan. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. Let Deadpool just do its thing, you know? Yeah. You did it with Deadpool. You did it with everything else. Oh, man, I watched uh, the DVD, the extended cut of Deadpool the other night. Yeah, I, I watched that as well. It's fun. It's good. But, man, can you even see in these scenes that they kept... The real push and pull between wanting it to be a more dramatic movie and wanting it to be more of a comedy movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And the thing I had as well is like you can tell where they've just like overdubbed the lines over like like a, a shot of like yep. Wade, Wade in the costume, like like oh that's just the line mm -hmm. that was just like put over that because he can't see his voice move, so we can just have a line here. Which is the easiest thing to do. What really got me, and I think the scene that perfectly encapsulates the push and pull between making it more serious, more dramatic, more traditional superhero movie, and more of a raunchy comedy like the first one, is in the theatrical version for like his big goodbye to Vanessa, they play a sad cover version of Take On Me, mm -hmm. which I said in our review I thought was perfect for Deadpool, because yeah, it's a good song. And it sounds like, you know, really sad, slowed down, but it's also something of a meme. And also, if you listen to the lyrics of Take On Me, it's pure fucking gibberish because it was written by people who didn't speak English. So that's why it's just randomness. So perfect for Deadpool and a great joke. But in the DVD version, the extended version, they swap that song out and they do a reprise of uh, Celine Dion's From Ashes. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, wow, that's that's a pretty serious change. I feel like that's the studio coming in and being like, no, this is too sad. You need you need a joke in here. Yeah, yeah, it probably or, is. A lot of that, a lot of it felt like that, and like extending jokes long after they've like hit yeah, and being like, eh, yeah, eh, you, you you get it, you get it. Yeah, or like set up like the shampoo joke where here it has a setup where it's like, yeah, you didn't need that set off setup because it's funny enough when Colossus comes out later yeah. with the pump handle and everything. They also put more stuff in with Russell, like more like actual dark fucked up shit going on in the orphanage. And I'm like, oh, well, this doesn't seem funny. Yeah, yeah, more more pedophiles and nurse shoes. <laughs> yeah, more pedophiles. Oh, God, he even runs like a sex offender. <laughs> Like, like that they put in, and that's way more serious, and that, like, makes Russell less of a joke character. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, he's a richer, more three-dimensional character now, but now I can't laugh at his pain as much later on yeah. when Deadpool is making fun of him for being fat and everything and being from New Zealand. I'm like, well, see, that shit made it real, though. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Also, like, some more establishing shots with Cable, but by and large, everything they shot with Cable was in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was that was the thing. Also, was it just me or is there a joke in there too when they talk about X Force and they say like, yeah, because Josh Brolin needs a, a series to himself. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think that was a new joke. I think I would have remembered that because it's like, yeah, that's why they made X Force, and in the end, it didn't matter because Disney bought them. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh Brolin ain't getting that X Force movie. <laughs> uh, none of them are. <laughs> no, none of them is getting it. Deadpool will probably be able to come back, but they'll probably have to heavily rework him. Although I'm interested to see how they'll rework him. Yeah. I think I think they'll have some good ideas for him. And it would be just fun, too, to be like, yep, this is Disney, this is Marvel, but we're putting this out under a different studio and it's going to be R-rated. Because mm-hmm. as Deadpool has proven, R-rated superhero movies can work. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they, they definitely can. Yeah, and on that note there, everyone, I think we can bring the show to a proper close. You can't deny that this one was jam-packed, wasn't it, Matt? Oh, was it ever. I think it was, it's like a longer show as well, like a slightly longer show. Yeah, you're gonna, by the time we're done talking and waxing poetic, you'll get about an hour 40 here. I would say, I would say this one is easily top five of the year, 2018 of shows we've done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say that, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what we need to do. Matt and I can't do it ourselves because we're too biased and too close to the material, but fans need to vote on what the top five episodes of 2018 are when we get to the end of it. What are, what are the episodes that had you talking? <laughs> what are the ones that you brought to the water cooler the next day? <laughs> oh, man, you know, when Joel was talking about his dick all that time and Matt was talking about throwing up from food poisoning, I just laughed and laughed. <laughs> Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Oh, and before I forget too, if you are one of those people who really want to listen to the show on iTunes, if you are an Apple person, the show is on iTunes now. Yay. Yes, you can find it. I keep forgetting to mention this on the show proper. (laughs) You can find it linked in the description. You can find it in the about section on the YouTube channel. Weirdly enough, you can't seem to Google for it. I don't know what the fuck that's about. If people need to give... Uh, like ratings and leave reviews for that to happen. So if you are an iTunes person who really wanted it, please, please, please go there, give us a review, give us a star rating. I think it actually does help with searchability, so you'd be doing us a major solid with that. Definitely, definitely. Also, iTunes episodes launch at the same time as uh, SoundCloud episodes, so 
Thursday whenever I remember to upload it. Awesome. So be on the lookout for that, everyone. And with that, I guess we'll bring the episode to a close. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again next week, same time, for more comic multiverse shenanigans. See ya. Bye-bye.